if your training consists of go in the gym, smash myself into the ground, rest no days, come back the next day and do it again, like it's the crash diet of training and yeah. it's not sustainable. Hello and welcome to the Physical Preparation Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Robertson, and I'll be joined on the line later today by my good friend and conditioning expert, Joel Jameson. Now, normally I would give you the whole week that was, what's new in my neck of the woods, but this is a holiday edition, or at the very least, a Robertson holiday edition of the show because we are going on spring break next week really trying to cram in a bunch of uh, podcasts and recordings today. And most importantly, I wanted to make sure I got this out so that both myself and my guy Paul, who does all the editing and production for my podcasts and videos, gets to enjoy the week off. So we're going to skip all that. We're going to go ahead. No uh, ads, no promos. We're going to jump right into this episode with Joel because, man, we cover so many topics. We start off and we do talk a little bit about conditioning and what's new uh, in his mind with conditioning, the things that he's working on to help coaches get better results with their conditioning programs or help coaches better relay to their clients and athletes why not just conditioning but recovery are so important. We even talk about the impact that obesity and poor conditioning have on COVID. Obviously, that's been at the forefront for the last two years, so lots of cool stuff there. But then we also take a turn because What I don't think a lot of people understand and respect is what a savvy businessman Joel is and the things that he's done over the years to grow and build a really strong online business. And I know a lot of gurus, a lot of people that are selling you Facebook and Instagram ads are telling you to quit your day job and start online coaching and making six figures a year. Look, I'm telling you right now, as Joel and I allude to in this show, it's not easy. It's not that it can't be done but you're not going to do it overnight. And so getting some insight into the things that he's done over the years to be successful, some of the struggles that he's had, man, I just think we touch a lot of bases in this show, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Every time I bring Joel on, we have great discussions. There's a lot of back and forth, so I really hope you enjoy this episode. So without any further ado, Joel Jameson. Joel, man, thanks so much for coming on the show here today. Really excited to have you back on. Could you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, man, great to be back on. It's been, uh, I don't know, what am I, three or four now? Been, oh, been on a that, while. dude. You might be the yeah. uh, the MVP of the podcast right now. Sweet. I think you're at yeah, five well, or six. I'm trying to set the record, so I appreciate having <laughs> me back on. Um, but for anyone who doesn't know, for the, for the most part, I've spent the last, I don't know, 20 years helping people understand conditioning, whether that's athletes who want to improve their conditioning for performance, you know, everyday people who just want to train and look and feel their best. And then uh, about 10, 10, 12 years ago, I expanded into the, the online coaching game so I could help other coaches learn how to improve the condition of people they work with. Um, along the way, I've worked with everyone from, you know, different teams and organizations to uh, big companies like Lifetime Fitness and work with Gold Gym, Equinox, that sort of stuff. Uh, developed some technology. HRV was my big thing. I started using that back in the early 2000s and uh, was really early in the fitness tech side. So I've developed my own my own HRV and tech platform uh, over the last few years. So done done a lot of different things in this space. But uh, you know, my my overarching goal has always been to just help people learn how to train smarter and manage their recovery, train with their body rather than fight against it, and uh, you know, ultimately get better results. I love it, man. I love it. And what's new? 
for you? Like what's been going on the last, I don't know, six, 12 months since uh, the last time you've been on? Yeah. Well, world starting to get back to normal. Yeah. Um, I got married, which is unrelated to anything, but that yeah. for me was a big event. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I did that back in August. Um, been out in Hawaii, as you know, for the last four months, uh, you know, working, relaxing, getting the beach, which is always awesome. Bought a new house, did that kind of stuff. Uh, and then on the, the work side, so two big things for, for my end of things is we released the Morpheus coaching platform, which we can get into at some point if you want to, but it's, yeah. it's a platform yeah. for for coaches to be able to see all the wearable data that their clients are already getting and then be able to use that data to train them more effectively, manage their recovery, tie together lifestyle pieces. That's about That was a two-year project, so that was a really big milestone for for us to finally get out in the market and get coaches using it and it's a you know the heart rate train platform built into it so it was awesome to finally after two years of of grinding away and getting stuck in the mud of covid and everything else in the process it was really great to get that out and have coaches start to be able to use that in their in their coaching um and then last uh you know couple months i'm working on a new conditioning program for everybody so i guess it's quite a few new things actually yeah man we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about today so let's start with just the overarching theme of conditioning, because this is obviously what you're known for. It's something that you and I have talked about numerous times in the past. So whenever I have somebody like you on, I love to know, like, where is your head at in regards to conditioning right now? Is there anything new cutting edge that you're into or maybe something that you've like changed your mind or your stance on over the last couple months or years? You know, I don't know if there's any big changes per se. I think a lot of it's been just kind of dialing things in. So, you know, as we, we finished the Morpheus coaching platform, like I mentioned, and we got a live group training platform out there for heart rates. The question is always, how do you train group fitness in a way that's productive for everybody, right? How do right. you, how do you help multiple people improve their conditioning? Because from, for a big part of my career early on, I, I trained one person at a time, right? I trained a bunch of combat athletes. I trained NFL players. I trained uh, you know, people train the Olympics. I trained some very high level people, but it was just one person. So I had the, the ability to write their individualized program to manage that every single day and to work with them one-on-one. -on -one. But that's not really the reality for a lot of coaches out there. They're, they're doing one-on-ones for some part of the time, but a lot of times they're doing small group, big group, you know, large group fitness. So the question has always been, okay, well, how do we take, you know, the principles of conditioning and help people run small and large groups where everybody is, is doing the right thing for themselves? And that's where, you know, heart rate training really is the most powerful thing you can do because it's, it allows each person to dial their intensity into what's appropriate for them versus just telling everybody to go as hard as you possibly can and repeat, right? And repeat, right. Which is kind of the, the typical group fitness uh, approach in the past. So, you know, really, I think the, the thing I've been focused on is just that it's, it's how to help people use heart rate training in a meaningful way, how to help coaches uh, use the wearable data in a way that can, can make that even more personal. And then just, again, making sure that people have the right fitness path in front of them. I think now more than ever, I don't know if you saw this, there was a, a paper I posted somewhere, I think, um, that looked at HRV and, and COVID hospitalizations and survivability oh, yeah. and, and, and HRV correlated to the aerobic fitness uh, very well in general. So it showed basically the people with higher HRV, i.e. greater aerobic fitness, which is a big piece of conditioning, they fared much better uh, against COVID, particularly the older they were, the, the more that difference that made. So you know, we're at a, we're at a time now where people are getting back to the, the gym and they're getting back into the office um, and taking care of themselves has never been more important than, than ever. So it's about getting that message out, I think, around, you know, conditioning and aerobic fitness and, and training intelligently and you know, doing all those things to 
Um, you know, maybe maybe you're not an athlete who wants to perform and make millions of dollars, but you don't want to get sick and die. You want to stay right. stay around and be healthy. And conditioning and the aerobic side of that game is a huge piece of that. So um, I think that's that's something that we can all work towards as a collective fitness community and uh, help people get the word out there. Because I don't know about you, I'm sick of, you know, I think everyone's sick of the the mandates and the lockdowns and everything else. People yes. want life to get back to normal. And we know that this is going to be, like, there's going to be more of this coming. And the best thing people can do to protect themselves is improve their health. I mean, I, I wish to God the government had spent two years promoting that message. Right. They didn't, you know, there was a, another paper I saw, um, I believe it was 80% of the COVID related deaths came from countries where greater than 50% of the population was considered overweight. Isn't that crazy? Right? It's crazy, right? I mean, it isn't, it isn't. It's, it's, it's just very clear that the healthier you are, the more robust your immune system and your aerobic fitness is, the better you fare. And so if half your population is, is overweight, that's, that's not going to bode well for you. So. I think the big message we should have learned coming out of COVID, uh, but didn't necessarily, is the importance of everyone taking care of themselves collectively and being in better health and improving their their fitness and you know keeping themselves in the gym. But that really wasn't the message, unfortunately. And I think we need to, again, kind of as a community, the fitness world, band together and, and spread that message. And look, the best way to keep yourself healthy and you know if you want to wear a mask, whatever, feel free. But at the end of the day, like you've got to get in better shape, like Absolutely. improve your health, lose weight, you know, take care of yourself and you'll be, you'll be fine. You know, like those are the main things that are going to help protect the population. So that's what we should be focusing on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And talk to me a little bit more about just Morpheus as a whole, because like you said, it took you two years to bring this to market and give, give us like a, a bird's eye view. If I'm a coach and I run a semi-private training gym and I got whatever 50 or 100 people I'm responsible for. Yep. How does Morpheus work for me? Like, how does it work on a day-to-day basis? What are they doing, you know, on the user end to help track sure. their data? And how do I see it? Like, give me some insight into that. Because, look, I've seen the back end of it, and I've seen how it works, and it's amazing. So I want you to talk yeah, about that the, a little bit. Sure. The, the big picture is is one of the things I've started to learn pretty early on with my, with my coaching and using HRV data is that, all of the stuff that happens outside the gym plays such a big role in the results that people see from their training. So yep. if someone's sleeping eight hours, they're going to get better results than they're sleeping four hours. If someone's nutrition is dialed in, they're going to get a lot better results than if it's not. If someone's you know, working 80 hours a week, stressed out of their mind from everything else, like their ability to respond in a positive way of training is, is way less. So you have to you know, take that into account. The problem is you know, right now, for the most part, coaches don't have any way to track that data, to see that data or, or to use it. So I mean, Sure, if you train one on one, you can ask people, but are you going to get an honest answer most of the time? Probably, probably not. You know, the right. person might not even be aware of it. So, you know, I, I basically realized like all of this stuff that's happening is so important to the results, and which is ultimately my my job is helping get better results. But if I don't have access to any of the information, a lot of work is just guessing and and hoping it works out and telling people go and make sure you get enough sleep. But <laughs> it's not always you know not always the case. So the biggest thing that Morpheus does in a nutshell is helps coaches connect those dots between what they're in the gym and what they should be doing in the gym and all the stuff that's happening when they're not in the gym. So Morpheus looks at how many steps and calories. It looks at their uh, heart rate variability. It looks at their sleep and their how, how they rate their own sleep. It looks at their workout heart rates. It looks at basically all the dots of fitness inside and outside the gym. And then it helps the coach be aware of that by giving them a recovery score and by giving them alerts if people are you know super high or super low in different areas and making it so they can filter out 
be aware of who might need some extra help and who's not doing well, um, that kind of stuff. And then on the trading side, it gives them a heart rate training platform uh, that goes up on the wall because, you know, big be part of your classes and it scales everyone's intensity in their heart rate zones based on their recovery. So if I'm a coach and I'm running a group class, you know, everyone's got their own heart rate zones based on their recovery that Morpheus has generated automatically. So I can get everybody into the same zone. I can do the same type of intervals, the same type of conditioning work, same programming, but everyone's intensity is dialed in individually to them, which is, you know, again, what I talked about, what's the hard part right now of, of without that, you, you, you kind of don't have a way to do it. So uh, we, we take the cool thing too is, you know, there's, there's endless wearables out there, right? I mean, people have all kinds of devices and we try to work with as many of them as possible that people already have. So Morpheus isn't meant to be a device that replaces, you know, an Aura or an Apple Watch or a Garmin. We work with those companies and we pull data in from them. So we pull in activity and sleep and workout data from pretty much, you know, 90% of wearables out there. So they've got a Fitbit, they've got a Aura ring, they've got an Apple Watch, they've got a Garmin, they've got a pole, they got whatever, you know, we can track the data from those devices into Morpheus so the coaches can then see it. Yeah. And then we have a we have a device where they measure HRV once a day, and that completes the picture of recovery. Um, and we try to again just be as flexible with what people have. If they have no devices, they don't want to track anything. Well, your phone will track your steps automatically. We pull the data in from that, and then you can just enter in manually how many hours you slept, and then yeah. we can track it that way. So try to be as as flexible as possible to whatever people have. We'll use the data. And if if people don't have much, we'll just use the manual options. So, uh, like I said, the the biggest goal here and what we're seeing so far is coaches never had access to this information before, right? right. Like they didn't, they didn't really know how much people slept. They didn't know what their recovery was. They didn't know what they were doing outside the gym. So when you start seeing this data, it's, it's very eye opening. Um, and you, and you realize like a lot of people are, are not making the best choices when they're not with you. So it, it's important to know that because you know, you have to be aware of it so you can manage the program more effectively and you can help people improve those things. Cause I think the, you know, the role of the coach, you know, has to be a bit more than just come to the gym, give you workout, see you, you know, next time. Like there, there right. can be more to coach. There needs to be more to coaching than that if you really want to help people, um, you know, stick with you and make long-term gains. I think that's the the challenge, right? It's it's, it's how do I help someone make long-term progress, not to get, get some great results for a month and then they kind of hit a plateau and then they eventually leave. Like that's, that's not what you're going for. So if you can tie together the the lifestyle piece with a training piece, you're you're in a much, much stronger position. You're going to build a better relationship with that client. You're going to have communication with them you never did before. They're going to be uh, much more loyal to you. They're going to stick with you and you're going to get just better results for them. So it's, it's a win-win for everybody. Well, and there's this element of education along the way, right? Because there is this natural mm-hmm. intuition of if I'm 50 pounds overweight, well, I just need to crush myself, right? Yep. I just need to work harder. And you know as well as I do, like, uh, maybe... But there's plenty yeah. of times where you go in the gym and crushing yourself is like the worst thing you can do for your body. But yep. that doesn't mean you just go home and you sit on your butt, right? Like you go in the gym and that's the great thing about Morpheus and before it BioForce is having a better understanding of what your body is prepared to do on any given day and educating your clients and your athletes as to, hey, look, you do need to go in the gym and you need to do stuff, but you also need to be doing it at the right intensity or in a zone where you can actually recover from it. Yeah, exactly. And that is, that is the thing, you know, I think we've not just American culture, but you know, the Westernized world that is kind of follow this idea, right. Of like, Oh, no pain, no gain, uh, you know, yes. high intensity or no intensity. And, and <laughs> it's, you know, like, sure you have to work hard. There's no, there's no question about that. 
but the amount of time you spend doing that has to be within reason. And, and you can't treat the gym as like a chance to go be the hell yourself every time you work out. Like that's, right. it's just not sustainable. I think, again, I think the words people should recognize here is, is sustainable fitness. Like it, to me, it's that type of training is equivalent to a crash diet. Like, yeah. yeah, if I cut my calories back to, to a third of what they were, like I'm going to lose weight, but how long can I actually sustain that? Is that actually the best thing for me? Is that healthy? Is that going to work in the long run? Probably not to none of the above. Right. So it's the same thing with training. Like if your training consists of go in the gym, smash myself into the ground, rest, no days, come back the next day and do it again. Like it's the crash diet of training and yeah. it's not sustainable. So the, look, the, the long-term approach really is to manage your recovery because ultimately that's, what's going to chart the path forward. And the best way I try to give people understanding of it is recovery is what sets the limit of what I would call effective training. Yep. And what I mean by effective training is training that's actually going to translate into results. And you can only train as much as your body can recover from because it's the recovery aspect and recovery process where your body sees the improvements, right? It's you, you don't get better while you're working out. You get better in between the workouts as your body recovers itself and repairs itself and super compensates and builds bigger, stronger, more efficient, everything else. So if those processes don't have enough time or resources being driven to them because you're spending so much of it in the stress state, you don't get better. I don't care how much you train. Train more doesn't make you better, right? It makes you worse. Right. So the recovery is what sets that effective train limit. And people, when they start actually having a gauge of recovery and they start seeing how their workouts and their sleep and you know hydration and everything else affects them, they can make much smarter decisions. And ultimately, I think as a coach, if I can get somebody to recognize the most important things they need and, and make better decisions for themselves, then I'm doing my job. Like they, they need to people need to take control of their own fitness. Like my job as a coach isn't to do everything for you. Right. It's, it's right. to help you make the best decisions for yourself outside the gym and then use that to, to train you as intelligently inside the gym. But, you know, again, as a coach, my role is, is always meant to help people really find their own path by understanding all this, having the education and having the insight and, and knowing what to do and how to do it. And I think if you can empower someone to do that and take control of their own fitness and their own lifestyle and all this sort of stuff, you're, you're going to get much better long-term compliance and long-term results and retention and all the things you want as a coach. Yeah. I love it, man. Okay. So prior to the show, you mentioned that you're getting ready to drop a new program. And I think we've talked about this in the past, but fill me in, man. Like what, a, what have you been working on these last couple of months? Yeah. So I'm calling it a conditioning master program. Right? Oh, okay. Sounds cool. Sounds that cool. Sounds super cool. That sounds super cool. Yeah. So Essentially, the way I'm um, describing it is think what would happen if a training program and a master class had a baby of some sort. <laughs> you, okay. You would, you would get a master program. So it is a training program, first and foremost, meaning, you know, I'm going to give you an actual conditioning program to follow for eight weeks. And I'm going to outline, you know, sets and reps and exercises and methods and heart rates and all that kind of stuff. But I'm also going to include a master class level video course on all things conditioning. Um, because like I said, I, I don't want to just say here, follow this. I want people to understand the hows, the whys, and and what else to do aside from the training piece. So I'm diving into, you know, understanding what conditioning is. I'm talking about energy systems. I'm giving people roadmap to better recovery. I'm going to tell them how to use the data they have coming in to help them manage the whole thing more effectively, how to track their conditioning, right? So, you know, I just think programs are great but we need to have more information than just what the workout needs to be. And so right. the idea was like, you know, I've had a lot of people buy my book, Ultimate MMA Conditioning. I've had a lot of people take my certification course where I teach them all this stuff. 
Um, but I've never put all the information together with a training program. And I'm also going to do like a breakdown of why I built the program the way that I did. So you can see what my thought process was when I, when I wrote it. And then you can learn from that so that once the program's over, you can have an idea of what to do next. So that's, you know, the other thing is I'm not trying to uh, sell a, a coaching program. I want people to coach themselves. So they need to have the knowledge to do that. So I'm excited about it. Like I said, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen somebody put together you know, a program and a masterclass level course in this way. And I think whether you're a coach or you're just training yourself, you know, I think it'll be extremely valuable to, to not just have the details of the program, but again, the, all the rest of the stuff that goes with it and then understanding the hows and the whys so that after the eight weeks are up, you're not left going, well, now what do I do? I mean, right. I want to really give people the knowledge and, and teach them this process so they can coach themselves and, and they can keep going and they can, uh, build their own programs and, and keep keep working. So this is really interesting because I feel like this is an area we can improve greatly in our industry. So many like program design courses or workshops, things of this nature are very philosophical in nature. So anybody can yes. talk about, oh, this is the best zone for whatever, eight to 12 reps for fat loss or you know, three to five reps for like higher end strength or single, whatever. Yep. We can get tied up in that. But I think where most people learn the best and how most people learn to program is in case studies. Exactly. So, hey, here's this person, right? How would you write a program for them? And it sounds like that's kind of what you've done here in the sense that, hey, here's the program, but it's not just philosophical. Then you're going to take it a a layer deeper and say, hey, but this is why I chose these specific exercises or set rep schemes or rest periods, because I think that's how people learn a lot better. And then you have the added element of, hey, but now you're going to actually go through the workout too. Yeah, exactly. Right? So I you mean, can like feel it for yourself as well. Yeah, exactly. So when the pandemic hit, um, you know, I was getting a lot of questions like, hey, how do I train without the gym? How do I improve yeah. conditioning without the gym? And the good thing is conditioning without the gym is much easier than strength without the gym. Yes. Uh, so I, I created this 30-day gym-free program and I had like 400 people sign up within the first 12 hours. Like it sold out really, really quickly. And I had a bunch of people go through it that had already been through my certification course. They'd taken all my other stuff. They'd you know, done a lot of my reading, uh, reading my stuff. And they, they, you know, I kept getting emails like, oh, the program is awesome because now I got, I got to see how you applied it very, very specifically to this program. And you know, they're like, I learned a ton from this. It was uh, super valuable. So I just realized, again, if you give someone a program, and they go do it, that's great. But if you can really help them understand why you did it that way, then they're going to just be much better off and they're going to be able to apply that information, that knowledge you've given them after the program is over. So yeah, that's really the, was the core idea of like, let's teach people, give people a program, teach them why, and then also teach them how to connect the dots to the outside world of, of sleep and recovery and HRV and that as well. So the masterclass is basically like one part lifestyle uh, and one part uh, program breakdown, understanding the whole structure of how I built it, why I built it, why I progressed the way I did, why I chose the methods, all that sort of stuff. So it's it's awesome. I, I think people are really going to like it. I think they're going to see great results for eight weeks, but more importantly, they're going to be able to see better results you know, after that as well. It's not just going to be a one and done and, and now what do I do? For sure. Um, and, and yeah, and then you know, I think this is, this is really the direction I want to go as far as programs. So I'm going to do an, uh, an MMA conditioning program uh, probably in the fall, maybe before that, but probably the fall and, and keep going in different different areas, different sports, because you know, I really like this idea of, of, of giving people the tools and all the knowledge and everything goes along with the program instead of just the, the sets and reps. Yeah, 
I love it, man. Okay, so I want to shift gears a little bit because we chatted before the show, and I think a lot of times people still think of you as this like mad scientist, you know, in your house, like writing these conditioning programs. And, you know, one of the reasons we bonded over the years is because we do both have passion and interest in growing an online business, right? And so I would love to hear just for starters, how did you get started in the online space? Like what made you go from, hey, you know, I'm doing well, you know, training these fighters and running my gym, but I think I want to move into this space. So what prompted you to do that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a funny story. I, I definitely never had this grand scheme. Um, mm-hmm. So the short version of a long story is uh, many, many years ago, my mom had a stroke and I was taking care of her. I was not in a great state and I had to kind of take some time away from the gym to to deal with it and have her, you know, I was shuttling it from hospital to hospital and doctor to doctor and she was at my my place and I was just kind of up late one night. I couldn't sleep and there was a, a forum uh, called SureDog, which is an MMA forum. And I was just curious, like, what are people writing about MMA conditioning? And at this point, <laughs> I'd been training high level at combat athletes for almost 10 years. And there was just a lot of bad information on it, to be honest, a lot of misinformation. So I just created them like, huh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help people out here. And I created this account and I created a post called How to Finally Solve Your Conditioning Problem. And probably not so delicately, I was like, the information in this forum is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's some things that people are missing. You know, here's how to, to take a better approach at it. And then I went to bed. And then I woke up the next day and... You know, not surprising, I guess, looking back on it, I got absolutely slammed in the forums. Like, screw yourself, noob. Like, <laughs> you don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Who do you train? So, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't want to go that route. Uh, so I just said politely, well, you're all wrong. Like, okay, here's why. And I, I dove into more science and more the details about, you know, what I was saying. And then I got slammed again. Uh, <laughs> and then I kept going and just out of sheer just frustration, I'm like, no, these, like, they want my help, damn it, whether they know it or not. Uh, and so eventually, uh, a guy that trains uh, next door at AMC Kickboxing, where I was working with all the athletes, he was an admin on the forum, and he like came across the post, and he's like, "Holy shit, Joel's posting!" And so he like came in the forum, he's like, "Just so you guys know, like, here's a list of the guys that this this guy's trained. Like, here's a list of pro athletes and the pro fighters that he's trained." And then the direction changed, you know, 180 degrees, and. Everyone's like, oh, why didn't you say so from the beginning? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so so it, it turned into this huge thread of like 400 plus pages of, of questions and answers. And I was like, I, it just opened my eyes about what a demand there was for, for better information on the energy systems and conditioning side. So that was really the genesis of it. I decided, okay, I'm going to start a week out and see if anyone comes to my site. And they did. And then I was basically like, well, I'm going to write a book and see if anybody reads it. And then they did. So. Yeah. It it really wasn't this like master plan of I'm going to train people and I'm going to build an online side of my business. It was really just kind of this process of of recognizing that there was a need for better information around energy systems and conditioning. And the more I created good information, the more people read it and wanted to buy more stuff. And and it just turned into a business that way. It was was very unintentional, but I'm certainly glad that it all worked out. You know, I tell people this all the time because people used to say, well, you know, if I could only have five fitness books like what would you recommend and without a doubt like and i don't just say this because because we're friends now and we hang out but like ultimate mma conditioning is arguably the best practical snc book i ever read you know like look you could go buy super training and dave tate used to joke around you know you could 
you could use super training for board presses and that sort of thing. <laughs> and it's a great reference text. But as far as like taking something, having zero knowledge on a topic, i.e. conditioning, reading a book, and then having a practical understanding of how to write a program, like I don't know if there's something better. So you write that and then talk to me about like the next steps, right? Because you yeah. went on and you did, you created a certification and all this stuff. So like, what was the impetus to do that? Was it just like, okay, there's definitely a need here. I need to keep going deeper. What prompted you to do that? Yeah. I mean, like you said, it was, it was really my first book. And the the funny story is I wrote the first half of it and then put it up for pre-sale because I wasn't sure if anyone's going to read it. I never, <laughs> I'd never written the book and I'm like, are people going to buy something I'm writing? Like, I, I just didn't know. Like I had never, never written an online book or anything like that. So I write half of it, put it up for pre-sale. You know, I figure I can finish it in four or six weeks. And instead, it took me like three to four months. And so people were real pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> people were not happy, right? Like, yeah. hey, you stole my money. Where's my book? Uh, but eventually, obviously, I finished it. And, and the response was really positive. And it, and it grew into, uh, you know, a, a widely read book. And like I said, it was, it was it's called Ultimate MMA Conditioning. And I'm getting people like playing Ultimate Frisbee and Olympic kayakers and people yeah. that yeah. have you know, have nothing to do with MMA conditioning, reading it. So it really, it really like I said, it, it was just another step in the process of recognizing, like, there's a big area of fitness that's totally missing. Like I can find, I can type in strength training. I can get hundreds of articles from millions of people talking about how to develop strength. And I yep. can find endless examples of experts that are on the strength side of the game. But if you actually start digging into the conditioning and the, you know, performance or even conditioning for health, like there really isn't you know, that much out there that's accessible, understandable, has some science behind it, you know, like right. can work in the real world. And so I just realized there was this big gap in the industry and, and I wanted to, you know, fill it because I knew there was, there, there was a demand for it and education could help people. So after the book, um, I started doing in-person workshops with surf. I think I created basically a, a two day certification course and I did yeah. that one at your place. Yeah. And really there was just like, okay, I need to get in front of people and, demonstrate the methods and answer their questions, right? It was just another extension of the book, but it would be in person and more more uh, personalized because of that. So I did that for two or three years and I just eventually kind of got worn out because I'm going to so many different countries. I think one one month I was like in China, Australia, and then like the UK yeah. in like a four week period. And I was yeah. like, this is, this is hard. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. So <laughs> that's when I was like, you know, created the online version of it, which obviously made it more accessible and more scalable and everything else. And so that was also has been extremely successful and just made it so many people all over the world could do it without traveling to me or me having to travel to them. So again, a lot right. of it's just an evolution, right? It's it's understanding what people want and, and making sure that you give it to them and you're doing a good job of helping them, you know, achieve whatever it is they're trying to achieve. And when, again, because I realized there was this big demand for conditioning and energy systems in a practical way uh, because like you said i think that's the problem in the industry like you can study energy systems and you can read a physiology textbook but then you're like well now what like that doesn't really right. help me like right so you know i've always tried to just give people real scientifically backed good solid information that's based on real evidence and and real best practices and real examples of, of ways i've coached um, and then give them the practical application of here's how you go do it right so well, I think finding, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I think that that is the rub, right? Because when I was coming up and granted, I came out of Ball State where we had like a very strong exercise physiology program, but like everything was endurance based. 
that was the thing, right? And that's what rung true when you started like doing more speaking and writing and all of that was, hey, this is how you actually take this and apply it to field sports or to combat sports. It's not how do you go run a better marathon because we know that's not what our athletes are doing. There's nothing specific about that. So I think that was one of the things that really helped me was, hey, look, I train soccer players or basketball players. Here are methods that I can use that are applicable to them and that they'll buy into because none of them yep. want to go out and run five miles. Yep. I mean, it's, that's what I keep coming back to. It's like, it's not just practical, but it actually applies and they can see an improvement in their conditioning for their sport. It just makes sense when you're doing explosive repeats or, you know, whatever. I don't even remember. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. I mean, the biggest thing was, like I said, if you look at strength training, like people have ways of going about it. Like I'm going to do heavy sets of three to five, or I'm going to do hypertrophy sets of 10 to 12 or whatever. Like right. there's all these kind of built in methods, rest pause sets, right? Like there's, there's been a lot of methods around strength training that people drop sets and there's, there's endless methods, right? Yeah. But then on the conditioning side, that there really wasn't like, there no. was like go run really far uh, or go really high intensity. And like, yeah. even that wasn't very right. Like even that wasn't very well defined. So yeah, I think the biggest thing I've tried to do is it'd be like, no, wait a minute. Like, conditioning isn't that much different than strength training. Like you still have to have methodology behind it. Like right. there are different types of methods that will have different types of effects in your body. So it's important to have a, you know, a set of building blocks that you can use to build conditioning programs. And that's where, you know, the ultimate MMA conditioning was successful was because I had that, right. I had cardiac output and tempo intervals, and explosive repeats and tempo lifting and, you know, HRI and you know, right. a bunch of these different actual training methods that I just used and developed and refined and experimented with over the years, train athletes, and, you know, people hadn't looked at conditioning that way. They just, like I said, they looked at it as like, go out and do a bunch of running or go ahead and do a bunch of high intensity. And that's all it really was. So right. um, I just think that's really the biggest thing about conditioning is because it's, it's more difficult to measure than strength in some ways, or actually a lot of ways, like you can't, you know, you can lift a weight and it goes up or it doesn't. So you know what your strength is, right? Like right. sort of easy to track progress. You got stronger, you didn't. But conditioning has been so nebulous for people kind of like, well, how do I measure it? Oh, well, I don't know. How do you feel when you play a game or perform? I don't know. I'm fine. Like there's, just, it's, it's just less clear of like, how do I measure progress in conditioning? Yes. And because, because of that, I think there was always just less structure to like train it. And you didn't really know if it was improving until you, you know, got in the ring or whatever. So right. yeah, I think that's a big piece of what has been missing in conditioning and, and why people have bought the book and certification and everything else I put out there is, is I've really tried to give people a systematic approach to this with methodology and principles and philosophies, but also just the practical side of it, of, of being able to turn something, uh, turn this philosophy and strategies into a program, which again is why the master program is so sweet. Right. So talk to me about the realities of running an online business. Cause I think there's a lot of people on the internet these days and most of them selling their own like get rich quick schemes, but they'll tell you, oh yeah, you know, you're working too hard in your business. You need to be online. You could be making six figures and X amount of time. Talk to us about the realities and some of the the trials and some of the struggles you maybe dealt with in, in starting and growing your online business. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, I would say take running your, your coaching business and then make it harder because you're competing (laughs) with everybody across the internet versus the gyms in your area. So, you know, it's, it's like Bitcoin. Like, yeah, if I bought Bitcoin the first you know year was out, I'd be a multimillionaire right now. Great. Right. If I, if you'd built an online business when the internet started, it was pretty easy. <laughs> like there wasn't that much competition. 
but the reality of just the online world in general is it's competitive. You know, it's difficult. There's there's so much out there right now that it's it's very difficult to to be heard. Um, you know, I mean, think of the amount of videos on YouTube, the amount of posts on Instagram, the amount of people on Facebook you're competing with. So, you know, again, you're you're not just competing with other coaches in your area when you go online. You're competing with every piece of train information in the world that's right. online, and so you have to have a very clear message and a very good product. And the reality is, as as just you know, as important as marketing is the success of your coaching in person, it's more important. It's a big driver of the online game. So there's there's all these numbers that are thrown out by people. You know, you make this much money, or I heard this person's making that much money. Like that's kind right. of the thing. But the reality is, in my experience, just just from doing this for you know ten plus years now, is uh, a lot of it's very, very overblown. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some people making some serious money in the online coaching and online training and online education. There are people doing that, um, but it, it's not this one man operation if they are like, right. it, like it, it takes a team. Like, you know, I've got anywhere from three to 10 people working for me over the last couple of years. I've actually had 15, 20 people working for me at different points in time. So you have to have, you know, a real team behind your company online. It's not like you're just going to pump out information and Facebook posts and Instagram posts and make a million dollars a year out of that. Like people do it, but people win the lottery too. Like, right. you know, like there, right. there are YouTubers, there are YouTubers out there that, that have 10 million followers and these YouTubers make a killing. Like if you're right. one of them, great. You're probably already there. Like getting there from scratch right now, really, really hard. So yeah. um, I, again, and I don't want to discourage people if they really have a great product and a great message and, and they have the right, um, combination of skills to to go out there and make make their mark in the online space. More power to them. Like, do it. But just recognize it. It's not this like easy journey of like post Instagram video step one. Like collect checks. Step two. Like, <laughs> right. Like, just doesn't work that way. You know, you're 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 out there in the world, and your information has to to come to the top of the clutter of information. And these days, uh, is more clutter than ever. So yes, you really again. I would say if you're going to go online. A, I think it's really important that you've built a successful coaching business because if you haven't proven, uh, you know, that your methodology and your philosophy and your system and your whatever works, then why should people buy it? I mean, that's right. it's kind of it sounds kind of harsh, but I've seen a lot of people who are kind of shitty trainers uh, want to go sell some stuff online. I'm like, but you're a shitty trainer. Like, <laughs> right. Why? Why? Why would someone buy your stuff? I mean, that's just it may sound harsh, but like unless you are are really good at what you do and you have a really good product, like you're, you're never going to sell it. Even if you're really good at what you do and you're, and you, you still are gonna have a hard time selling it because of those challenges I mentioned. But, um, you know, like I, I coached for 10 years from the best fighters in the world before I wrote ultimate conditioning. Like I didn't just train one guy and put out a book. Like it, it took 10 years of, of coaching at the highest level before I really started putting my information online. And, you know, again, I'm not, I don't want to stand on the, preach to everybody but again like don't go online unless you are an expert in my yeah. opinion like you know you you, you have that's really the only way to cut through the noise i mean is, is you do have to have expertise you do have to have information that other people don't have because that's what's going to make you unique and that's what's going to make your message stand out if you don't have that you are facing a massive uphill battle um that you're probably not going to win yeah well, and here's the thing, too. When you go online, right? So let's just assume you are a good coach and you're ready to take that next step. Like when you go from being a good coach to opening your own business, there's all these other skill sets you now need to learn and acquire, right? Yep. 
So you got to be an accountant and a marketer and be able to sell and you got to have operations. Well, the same thing happens when you go online. Yeah, exactly. Right. More so, right? More so, right? So like think about communication skills and you got to have all the business side, marketing side. Look, like unless you are just killing it and you are just amazing on video, like you're not going to just turn over one day and have 10,000 Instagram followers or 100,000. Like everything is throttled now. Exactly. Because they want to make money on ads. And you and I both know that because we spend money and we buy ads. Like ads aren't cheap. So it's very hard to get ahead of things now unless you're on some new platform that, you know, five years down the line is like the new best thing. It's really hard to get ahead of this stuff. Yeah, exactly. So there's there's just so many moving parts that people don't see online. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I said, there are the people who crank out you know, YouTube videos and they have the right personality and the winning combination. Yep. But I'll tell you what, they're not in fitness. I hate to break it to you. Right. Like they're in gaming and they're in beauty and they're in fashion. Like those sort of influencers are, you know, out there and they're making a ton of them. But I personally can't think of a ton of fitness, you know, people that are just making nothing but YouTube or Instagram videos and making a huge amount of money. Like there's not many of them. Like they might be out there, but that's like, a small Like maybe percentage. five. I, I don't yeah, know. Like, like there's not many. No, I mean, fitness is a hard space. It's super, super competitive. And at the end of the day, like it generally takes more than just shooting a video where you look really good to, to turn it into a business. And then, like I said, there's there are all the things that people don't see behind the scenes. Like I got to know how to create content and actually produce it and post it and get on my website. And then how do I build a website? And then how do I take money? How do I create? I mean, there's there's endless things that have to happen online for people to be successful. So again, I, I would say I'm not trying to discourage people. I mean, I think a coach can make a little bit extra change here and there if they want to. And maybe they have some online stuff. They make an extra thousand bucks a month. If they really get into it or whatever. But, uh, you know, saying like, I'm going to build a six figure online coaching business is, is very, very difficult, particularly if you've never done it in a gym or in a, in a personal setting. And I would say, I think COVID made it harder to be honest with you because everybody went online during yes. COVID. Like, like yeah. not just now it's not just like individual coaches, it's big ass companies going online to offer yeah. fitness programs and products. Like you're competing with, you know, everybody who decided to have an online program, an online product, an at-home pro- I mean, just so many people went into the online fitness space during COVID because that was the, the right way to go and at that point. But, you know, the, the world of competition just increased tenfold in online coaching. I mean, now there's a million online coaching platforms, a million online coaching sites. There's a million online programs. Like, there's so much in the online game now that it made it that much more difficult for kind of your, you know, your average coach or trainer who does a great job at his or her gym. Now, like it's even more difficult to cut through all that noise and get people to to find you and to buy your stuff. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard. Like there's no easy answers. I would just say, if that's something you really want to do, just be really, really aware of the challenges, um, and, and have a good plan because it's, yeah. it's not easy. Yeah. And if I could leave them with something I had, uh, or I'm going to have Shantae Cofield, on the show here in a couple of weeks. And it's weird because sometimes I record these out of order, but Shantae and I were talking about this and what you find a lot of times is, Hey, if you are a great person in like a great coach in person, and you just want to taper off that a little bit and make like some side hustle money. Like that's the other thing too, right? Is I think people think, uh, I'm going to go online, right? And they're going to quit their job and they're just going to start doing all online. Like that's not how it works. Right. Like you kind of hedge your bets. So like, hey, I'm going to start. I'm going to try and get one online person and then two or three or however you're going to do it. And then you slowly like ramp down one business as you ramp the other up. 
versus yep. a lot of people think they're just going to like burn the boats and oh i'm going all online and uh, magically you're going to have whatever 20 or 30 online clients waiting for you when you do that it just doesn't work like that like anything no. else you got to like build up to it over time yeah so i mean even after i wrote old man make conditioning like it was it was a good side hustle it was making me you know a good amount of money and it was it was uh great but, you know, I was still train people in the gym from, I don't know, nine or 10 in the morning until eight or nine o'clock at night. And then I'd go home, like eat some dinner. And then I'd get online from like 10 at night to one or two in the morning yeah. and answer all the email questions I got and work on shipping and printing and dealing with the back end of understanding how to build a, a website and all that sort of stuff. So I was, you know, for years, for like three yeah. or four years, I was doing that, you know, I was training people every day, all day. And then answering all these questions and trying to build my online business at night. And yeah, I, I couldn't just stop doing one for the other. Like I was doing both for a long, long time. And then I started having to add people to help me in both. You know, I had to hire someone to ship and answer customer support questions for me. Well, then I got to manage that person, right? So <laughs> right. There's, there's, there's just, you know, the more you grow, the more headaches you have to deal with along the way. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I said, I think, it, again, I'm not trying to discourage, but there's, like it can be done, right? Like yes. I've done it, you've done it. Like we've we've they, we've built online businesses and online coaching, and it can be done. Uh, I just think people need to be very realistic about what the expectations are and what the journey is going to look like because it's it's not this panacea of you know, like I said, step one make video, step two deposit check. Like it does not <laughs> happen. Like right. it's it's going to be an uphill grind and a battle, and it's going to take time. But it can you know if you're willing to put in the work and you're really smart about it and you are committed to it, then, then yeah, you can do something with it. Just don't, don't have this idea that it's easy. Cause it's, it's, it's know, not. if it was then it, it, yeah, exactly. It's not, if, if it was easy, we'd all be rich. Right. Um, but it's, it's not. It's really interesting hearing you talk about that too. Cause I don't, I don't think I ever heard that part of, you know, like coaching all day and then doing stuff at night because that's exactly what I did when I was starting. And like, honestly, for, I don't know. I still do it to some extent to the, to this day. But like when I was in Fort Wayne on my lunch break, I would go and write articles. Yep. When I did in-home, I would have breaks in the middle of the day. So I'd train people in the morning. It was like a split shift, right? So I'd train people in the morning, maybe get some lunch, and then I'd write articles or create, I mean, again, showing my age here, but like scripts for DVDs or write manuals. Like that's kind of how it's always been. It's like there's the day job. And then there's a side hustle, but there's never like this instance where it's just one versus the other. It's like, hey, look, like you're going to have to find time or make time to get this stuff done if it's important to you. Yeah, that's that is the hard part. And I'll say in the last two or three years, I've had quite a few people that are very high level coaches. Like I'm talking guys that have been working at like some of the best teams in the world or guys that are big organizations, like really, really successful coaches that I know are tremendously uh, good at coaching, come to me and say, Hey, like I've seen you make the transition. It looks like you're doing well with your online business. Like I want to start heading that direction. And I'm like, do you though? <laughs> you know, like, so, <laughs> right. so, you know, I'm like, look, I'm more than happy to help. You know, like these are friends, people I, I, I like to work with and want to help if possible. So every single one of them that, that I say, okay, if that's what you really want to do, like I just had the same conversation. I just had your audience and walk through the steps and the difficulties of it. And I said, okay, so Here's like, I give them a sign, like some project to start with, right? Yeah. Because I want them to be aware of like what's involved in this. So you're going to have to do your homework. Like, what are you going to create? Like, what product are you going to create? Is anyone else created in the industry? Like, I just give them some basic research to go do 
on their own. I'm like, come back to me when you've done that research. We can have a next stage in the conversation. I would say out of like, I don't know, six or 10 people, like one person has taken that step. Wow. And then, and then after that, like they fell off the map because it's really, and the reason is simple. It's really hard to have your full-time day job of 40, 60, 70 hours a week. Some of these guys, and then make the time after those hours are done to then do this online thing. We're not making a dime right. for, for a long time. Right. Yeah. So they'll, they'll just, you know, they'll put it off and they'll, they, again, they mean well, like they want to start something, but wanting to start something and then putting in five hours a night or three hours a night or whatever, after you're done working is really hard. And most people won't do it. And especially, you know, for months on end before they can actually, I mean, to launch a new product and to build an audience takes months. Like it's not something you can just do. Uh, yeah. you, you can be the, again, these are really, really good coaches that have trained world champions and Cy Young award winners. And they're right. great coaches, but no one knows who the hell they are. Right. So there's not this like, oh, flip a switch. This person's online. Now when is going to buy their stuff. Like, right. It doesn't work that way. You know, like you still have, but people still have to know who you are. You still have to have a great product and you have to have a message and like you have to have stuff that's out there. So, you know, it's just, it's really hard for even the best coaches that are, you know, been doing this for their whole lives to break in and figure out a way to turn that knowledge into an online business that's successful and profitable. And again, they don't have any of the skill sets of running a business because they've worked for teams and organizations they never had to, right. which I think makes it even harder. If you've never run an actual gym or an actual coaching business and you've just worked for big name teams and big name organizations, like you've developed no skill sets probably on the business side at all. Right. So it's even more difficult, I would say. That's true. Okay. I got one more question and then I'm going to let you go. What is, uh, what is the flying game like? in Hawaii you get to flying fly flying, yeah flying game strong in Hawaii actually so I, I found yeah. a found a company um down in Honolulu that'll rent me a helicopter which is not an easy feat in and of itself because insurance usually prohibits that right um but I did find one that'll rent to me so I've flown to Maui flown to the cliffs of Malachi uh flown all over Oahu I want to fly over to Kauai because Kauai is a cool spot to go fly to I haven't done that one yet Actually, I really also want to fly down to the big island and have a big lava flow and fly over the top of that. So wow, there's always cool stuff to uh, to fly around. So that's one of my missions is getting over to those two. And actually, since we're on the subject of flying here, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch something to your audience now that is not gonna happen for two years. Okay. Just just to plant just to plant the seed. I love and, it. And your and your seed the seeds will be planted in your brain too. So I went to Antarctica in December. Okay. Uh, on, on this badass cruise ship that a helicopter. And I wanted to fly, I said, helicopter in Antarctica, because why wouldn't I? Uh, <laughs> but again, insurance and, uh, you know, a $5 million helicopter would not allow that to happen. But I found a ship that uh, I can charter that'll go down to Antarctica with a helicopter that I can fly on it. Now, the downside to that is it's not cheap, as one would imagine. <laughs> right. right. But I think we can put together a fitness summit on a cruise ship or expedition ship to Antarctica Okay. in like 2024. Okay. And so if people want to go to Antarctica and they want to be a part of a badass fitness expedition Antarctica, they can join us because I need 22 people to support the cost of this boat. <laughs> Dude, so, that's, that sounds amazing though. Yeah. So I, I think log logistically, if we can get 20 to 25 people-ish, to sign up for like a 10 day Antarctic expedition, uh, we can make this happen and I can fly some helicopter in Antarctica and teach everyone some cool shit along the way. That would be so, fun. 
just putting it out there. I think it's going to be in the $25,000, $30,000 per person range just to <laughs> filter out people who might not want to invest that much. <laughs> uh, but stay tuned for more information in like 2024 because I really want to make this happen. That would, that would be cool. Not going to lie. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think we can get five, you know, five of us in the industry that have been around a long time on the boat and then, yeah. you know, get 15, 20 people that want to come down and spend 10 days in Antarctica learning from everybody. Yeah. And, uh, Getting helicopter rides and on icebergs. That penguins. would be sweet. Yeah, that would be sweet. So, Antarctica is awesome. I don't, I won't go this whole rabbit hole, but Antarctica is one of the cooler places I've been. So yeah, if, if anyone, well, if you've been a lot of places, in, so that's saying a lot. Yeah, that was my seventh continent. Uh, so I've I've been to all of them, and Touched Antarctica them is a really really unique, cool spot. So if anyone has the opportunity to go, um, do it. It's it's phenomenal. It's a really really unique place, and there's nowhere else like it in the world. So the chance to fly helicopters over that. Uh, is 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 too great to pass up. So if you're if there's 20 people listening that want to spend a good chunk of money and go down to Antarctica, <laughs> stay tuned. And you start a Kickstarter or something like that, right? Yeah. Like a GoFundMe. Yeah, I honestly, I mean, all jokes aside, I'm, I'm pretty sure we can get 20 people to go. I would think so. I would think so. Yeah, that, that would be like, I mean, look, you're going to get some work done over those 10 days too. So it would yeah, be I mean, worth it. Once in a lifetime opportunity, honestly. Like so if we get four, five, six of us down there on the coaching end of things that have all been doing this for a long time. Um, and you can go hang out with us and learn and at the same time be in Antarctica. It's, yeah. it's going to be awesome. I love it. All right, dude. I feel like I've taken enough of your time for today. Where can uh, my listeners find out more about you and all the stuff that you're working on? Yep. Eightweeksout.com. Uh, same as always, just number eightweeksout.com. And then uh, there's a new tab on there, depending on when you listen to this, it says programs. And that's going to have the conditioning master program details we talked about. You can also find Morpheus and all that stuff there. And you can go to IG, Coach Joel Jameson, um, where I post some stuff every once in a while, some flying pictures, but mostly training related content and good stuff on there. Um, but Eight Weeks Out is really the, the home base. I love it, man. Well, I'll make sure I get all the links in the show notes. And uh, again, Joel, always great catching up, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, great being on back again. If I'm, if I'm not the record holder uh, now, I better be soon. You're the champ. You're Sweet. the champ, man. <laughs> all right. Take care. All right, my friend. That does it for this week's episode with Joel Jameson. Really hope you enjoyed it. As I alluded to up top, we cover so many different topics. And it's always fun to talk conditioning, right? Because we love to talk about conditioning. We love to talk about SNC. But I think one of the fun parts of this episode was giving you that inside look into what it's taken, Joel, to really build a successful and sustainable online business. There's a lot of people out there that are going to sell coaches, hey, make six figures your first year out. Like, look, very few people are actually doing that. I wish more people could do that. It would be awesome to work four hours a day remotely from the comfort of your own home without ever having to interact with another human being in real life. But it just doesn't work like that. And so I think Joel is such a great example of, hey man, he had a gym, he was a trainer, he started the side hustle, and then he built from there. So I hope you enjoyed those those insights. I hope you enjoyed those stories. And most importantly, I just hope you enjoyed the episode because I love catching up with Joel and I got so much respect for him. Uh, so I hope you got something out of this as well. Now, small favor to ask. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me one favor right now. Wherever you're consuming this podcast, go there right now and hit the subscribe button. 
iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, wherever you consume podcasts, hit the subscribe button so you know each and every week when a new episode drops. Because I'm telling you, friend, I got some really, really good episodes lined up in the coming weeks. I'm excited. So as always, thank you so much for your support. Love and appreciate you. And we'll be back next week with our next episode. Take care.